You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. A blessed Sunday to all. Good morning, everyone. I'm excited to introduce to you the new series that we will be following for this month. It is entitled Relationships. Well, maybe some of you, of you would like to look at your dictionary, and I believe you won't find this word there. This is a combination of two words, relationship and shapes. And I came up with this idea because I realized that we are a byproduct of our past experiences. And part of those experiences that we have in the past, even in our present time, it involves relationship. And once we engage with someone in a relationship, especially deeper sense of relationship, that kind of connection would always leave an imprint in a person's life. And that's unavoidable. That's why we would hear from individuals saying, I am like this because of my mom, or I am like this because of my experience with my friend. I am like this because of my playmates, playmates I mean when I was still a child. I am like this because of my parents. I am like this because of my grandma. I stayed with her for many years. So the relationships that we had in the past, even in the present, would always leave an imprint in our lives. And this morning, we will be talking about the most foundational relationship that a believer like you and me has in life, okay? The most foundational of all relationships, and I'm talking about our relationship with God. And so today we will be talking about our relationship with God. Next Sunday we will be discussing relationships within the family. And so if this is your first time to get into this um, worship, to join us, I am encouraging you to join us next Sunday so that you won't miss the sequel of these sermons that we will be having, that we will be starting today, okay? So let's open our Bibles in the book of John and let's delve into the text and learn from it as the author intended it for us to learn today. John chapter 1, verses, 1, verses 9 to 13. John 1, 9 to 13. I will read from the New American Standard Bible, 1995 edition. The word of the Lord says, There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of of God. May the good Lord bless the reading of His Word. Here is something that I have noticed commonly among human beings. We are easily attracted by lights. If there is something that is glaring, we look at it. We take a, a second look at it. No wonder during Christmas season, when the Sambuanga City Hall lights its decor for the very first time, it is observed by hundreds of sambongenios, and it becomes the content of many Facebook wall. Why? Because we find lights so attractive. One time, I brought my children out with me, 
And I was expecting that the city hall and Plaza Pershing were not filled with people. And yet when we arrived there, a, a heavy traffic jam caught us. And I, I, I told my wife, I cannot let our children go out this time because there are hundreds of people outside it and we are in a pandemic. And so I told our children, let's just watch from inside the car because there were so many people. It doesn't happen only in Sambuanga City. You go to other cities and you would find those areas that are filled with Christmas lights being occupied by thousands of individuals. And I think one of the reasons is that we easily are attracted to lights. We like to look at lights. And you know, this, this happens not only among human beings, even to some insects. When I was living with my grandma in Sambuanga Sibugay many years ago, I stayed with her for quite some time, and from time to time, we experienced blackout there in Sambuanga Sibugay also. And whenever we light our tiny lamp, we would observe, especially during rainy season, we would observe that there are a lot of flying termites that would just move around the light. And sometimes it becomes very disturbing because while you are conversing with each other, you'll just feel that something went inside your mouth. So what my grandma advised us to do was, she advised us to get a basin and put some water in it and place it beneath the lamp so that if the termites would fly around it, some of them would land on the water and they'll not be able to escape anymore. And that helped a lot. The reason for that probably is they are attracted to lights also. So lights attract so many creatures in this world. But there is something that really uh, fascinated me when I look at the text. Because in this passage that we have read, heaven sent its light. This is no ordinary light. This is not a light provided by some Selco or any other power corporation that provides light for us. This is not a solar light. This is a light from heaven. And while human beings are easily attracted to lights, this light, when he came into this world, I am surprised because when we read verse 10, look at verse 10 of the passage. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Well, for us to have a better understanding about this light, I think it is important for us to go to the previous verses. In one of the previous Sundays, I preached to you from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, wherein I explained to you about the pre-incarnate state of Jesus Christ. Because oftentimes, as I have told you, we only know Jesus Christ as a person who was born on Christmas Day, and then he died more than 30 years later, and then he was buried, he resurrected, he ascended. That's all we know about him. But when you look at the Gospel of John, he was introduced in a very different way. In the first chapter of the book of John, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he continued explaining about the pre-incarnate state of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving us an idea that He is no ordinary person. It gives us an idea that He is beyond human being. He is a deity. And that deity, when you look at verse, let's look at verses 4 and 5 to provide a better context for this discussion that we're having right now. Look at verse 4. In him was life, 
and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So at verse 4, he was already introduced as a light. The pre-incarnate word not only introduced as a deity in verses 1 to 5, but particularly in verses 9 to 13, you would find out that he is introduced as the light, who is the source of life. And the author made it so clearly that in verses 6 to 8, he also described about John the Baptist. And he made it so clear that John is not the light that I'm talking about. John the writer said, this is not John the Baptist that I am pointing to. But John the Baptist was there and played a very important role because he became a pointer to the light. He pointed people to the light. And who is this light? This light is the one that became flesh, the light of heaven. It's talking about Jesus Christ himself. And fascinatingly, while human beings and other creatures are easily attracted to lights, why in the world that the world did not know him when heaven sent this light? Because as it says in verse 10, look at that one more time. He was in the world and the world was through that what was made through him and the world did not know him. And the word know, when I look at the original text, it conveys the idea of not accepting it. This is not simply a cognitive misunderstanding. But there is a hint about who this light is. But the people who even were informed about the hint already about the person of Christ, about this light, they still did not accept him. They did not believe him. That is why if you proceed further in the following verse, look at verse 11. He came to his own. Earlier, it's in general sense. He came to the world and the world did not know him. This time he came to his own. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. Human beings are easily attracted to light. Why in the world the world did not accept him? Why in the world when he came to his own, his own did not receive him? They did not acknowledge him. They did not welcome him. And this is a reality if you look at the, the accounts in the gospel. When Jesus Christ met the Pharisees, when Jesus Christ had a conversation with the teachers of the law, it became a hostile, uh, they became a hostile group to him. And they denied him. What they denied about him, what did they deny about him? Did they deny about his existence? No. They knew that he was existing, and even historians would tell that he was a historical person, meaning to say he really existed in history. They did not deny that. They knew that he was a good teacher. They accepted the fact that he knows a lot about scriptures, but there is something that they really did not accept. When Jesus one time met a sinner, somebody who was sick, he told these people around him that your sins are forgiven. He told this sick person, I mean, your sins are forgiven. And the teachers of the law, when they heard these words of Jesus, you know what they said? That's a blasphemy. Because the idea of forgiving sins is something that only God can do. When Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, he is actually elevating himself not be, uh, beyond from the level of human, purely normally human beings to a deity. 
your sins are forgiven. And yet they could not accept that because in their minds that is blasphemy. Now here is something that I want us to understand. Jesus asserts his deity in the Gospels, in the story. John made it very clear that he has been existing. There is a pre-incarnate state of the Lord Jesus Christ. This light was rejected by his own because they could not accept his claim of deity. And later, when you look at verse 12, I want us to look at verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. As many as received him. Take note of this word, receive. Whenever a Christian shares his faith to another, this word becomes very common. Will you receive Christ? Will you accept Jesus Christ? When we say the word receive or when we prayed to receive Christ, what was in our mind? Do we just believe simply his work on the cross at Calvary? Is it just believing and receiving the testimony about him in terms of his death and resurrection? Is it purely about the historicity of Jesus Christ? If you look at the immediate context of John chapter 1, the idea of receiving involves one of the basic elements that a believer has to receive and embrace in his life, and that is the deity of Christ as expressed in the pre-incarnate state. Many religions in this world, who would say that we believe in Jesus? What do you believe about him? They believe that he is a savior. Okay? Other than that, they believe of his second coming. They are right on that belief. But are those enough for them to experience salvation as far as the book of John is concerned? Are those basic assumptions or basic claims would be enough for them to be called by God children of God? As far as John is concerned, it requires the faith about the deity of Christ. It is not enough to say, I believe he died on the cross for me. I believe that he saved my sin. It requires that we believe about his pre-incarnate state that this Jesus Christ is no mere human being, that he existed before he was born, that he is alive after he died. And his work in the cross is effective even in our lives today. And once we put our faith in him, once we believe in him, including his deity, then God gave us the right to become children of God. Now here is something that I want us to take note in this text that we, have, we are looking at today. There is a repeated idea, a repeated idea in these verses, not words, but clauses that are pointing to one idea. I want us to take note of verse 9b. Take note of the words coming into the world. Take note of that. Another clause that I want us to look at is verse 9c. Enlightens every man. And then another is in verse 11 that says, He came. Verse 12, He gave the right. Now here is something that I have observed from the perspective of grammar here. These clauses included God as the subject 
And then he was the one doing the action because the verb is in active voice. When the verb is in an active voice, the subject is the one performing the action. In all of those clauses, they involve God as the subject and the verb was in an active voice, meaning to say it was God who was doing the action. And when we gather all of these clauses in the concept of salvation, in the concept of redemption, the idea is that it was God who initiated everything in the concept of salvation. It is God who initiated that we can know the light. It is God who initiated that we would have an encounter with the light. It is God who initiated that we will know the light and we will embrace the light and that we will be illumined by the light. It is God who initiates that. And I think this exemplifies further the idea of grace in the concept of salvation. There is no human wisdom that can create such a system that would build our relationship with God. There is nothing. Only a divine being. It was initiated by God himself. And to those who believe in him, to those who receive him in the text, he gave them the right to become children of God. What is this belief? As I have said, believe not only in the work of Christ on the cross, but believe in the pre-incarnate state of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the one who initiated everything that you and I will come to know him, that you and I will enter into his family, and he would call us his children. Here is another grammatical aspect that I want us to see. When you look at the main thought or the main statement in verse 12, look at verse 12 again. I want us to look at our Bible so that you would really find out that this is not just me saying this. Look at verse 12. But as many as received him, it is a dependent clause. Now here is an independent clause in verse 12. He gave, where is it now? But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. God gave the right to become children of God. And I want us to take note the grammatical aspect of this verb, gave. Gave is an inerist indicative form. Now, here is something that I want us to take note when the verb is indicative. The idea when the verb is in an indicative form, it gives us a sense that when the gift is given and received, the efficacy of the gift is right away taking place. I'll repeat. When it is in the indicative form, it doesn't convey the idea of hope that someday it will be effective. No. Once it is in an indicative form, right away its effect takes place in a believer's life. Unlike a post-dated check. If you are issued a post-dated check, you cannot go and right away exchange it in a bank. You can't do that. Sometimes, in our term, tumatalbog pa yung cheque. If the account of the one who issued the check naubusan ng bills or ng pera, wala, tatalbog yung cheque. It's not like that. By the time God pronounced it, and take note of this, the believing or receiving of Jesus simultaneously take place the giving of the right. So by the time a person believes in Jesus, 
He is given the right right away and its efficacy takes place immediately. In other words, in other words, if you fully understand the gospel where you, you put your life and faith and somebody is going to ask you, Ate, kuya, if you die, where will you go? If you fully understood the gospel, you would say, I'll go where God is. Because I am saved already. Why? Because God gave me the right to become His child. And the effectivity of that right that He has given happened right away. Not like the post-dated check. It is effective right away. But if you don't fully understand the gospel that you embrace, the salvation that you have, somebody would ask you, where will you go when you die? And the person would say, mm, wait a minute. You know, we can really not know because we're still alive. We will just know when we are there already. There is a statement that says, let's cross the bridge when we get there. But isn't it like, it's not like that. When we put our faith, when we believe in Jesus and embrace what He wanted us to embrace, the efficacy of that gift, the right that God gives to us, right away immediately takes place. So when you look at your seatmate, no, back, no matter what background that person has, no matter what kind of sinner that person was in the past, when you look at that person and tell that person, are you a child of God? And that person knows the gospel, the person would be able to say, yes, I am a child of God. Why? Because it is effective already, immediately. The efficacy of the right that God gives is right away. And that is why we can be so much confident about this matter that no matter what we were before, no matter what we have been going through in life so long that we have believed and received Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. Amazing thing. You are a child of God. Not on a basis of human scheming. Not on the basis of any human created system, but it is God initiated, set up that He brought into this world. He sent the light that you and I will be illumined and receive Him and accept Him and welcome Him in our lives. And when that happens, right away, right away, He gives us the right to become children of the living God. So by the time you put your faith in Jesus, if your name is John, you are not just John. If you are an engineer, you are not just an engineer. If, you are, if your name is Michael, you're not just Michael. If you're a teacher, you're not just a teacher. If you're a student, you're not just a student. More than anything else, you are a child of God. Always remember that. Because from time to time, this is what I realize. The world would, would call us by different names. And sometimes we believe those names that the world would throw at us. And that's what the enemy does often. He calls us not by our own name. He calls us by the mistakes that we have done in the past. The world would look at us and the devil would say, you're a liar. You're a failure. You're someone who doesn't achieve anything in life. You failed in the past. You abandoned your family. The devil would use all of those failures, all of those bad experiences that we have gone through. And he would hurl it at us. And sometimes we just believe it and take it to ourselves. And we become so depressed. And listen very carefully. Do not 
ever, ever, ever forget. Do not ever forget that once you put your faith in Jesus, you are not just what you are. God elevated you to a new relationship that is anchored on who God is and his faithfulness. And that relationship is that you are a child of the living God. He does not call you neighbor. You are not just someone to him. You know, a father and a child relationship is one of the most intimate relationships human beings know. Maybe more intimate than a father and child relationship is the wife and husband relationship. But God used this idea that human beings like you and me will be able to comprehend even not fully, just a little about his desire to connect with us. And now that you belong to him, now that you have welcomed him in your life, never ever forget. Even if someone would hurl at you words calling you according to your mistakes, calling you a failure, calling you someone that is derogative, don't just swallow it and take it. Remind yourself, I am not just my name. I am a child of the living God. You have to remind yourselves always about that matter, especially when tension comes, when pressure would arise. Sometimes we forget this, but again and again, no matter what you go through, remind yourself, according to the Word of God, I am a child of God. This is not in the future. This is not an, a hope that I have, but this is an immediate effect in my life. Once I put my trust, once I embrace and welcome Jesus, I am a child of God. This time, I would like to invite every one of you to take a moment of reflection. If in these past days and weeks, you have heard someone calling you according to your mistake, calling you a name that is derogative, or sending you a chat message that brings you, pulls you down. Right now, I want to invite all of you to a moment of reflection and telling the Lord, Lord, thank you very much for how you call me. Thank you very much for the new relationship that I have. In Facebook, don't put anymore, it's complicated in terms of relationship. There is a simple relationship that God has given you. You are in a relationship with the Most High King, and He calls you His child. And so right now, let us all bow down our heads. And individually, I'm inviting all of you to utter a prayer of gratitude, to utter a prayer of appreciation for this God-initiated salvation that we have experience in Christ. Thank Him. Thank Him for calling you not according to the mistakes that you have done. Thank Him for calling you not according to the failures that we have experienced. But He calls you His child on the basis of your faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
if this is your first time to hear a message such as this and God is speaking into your heart this very morning telling you that yes welcome me into your heart open your life to me respond to Jesus say Lord I am welcoming you into my life I am welcoming you into my heart and I believe not only on what you have done on the cross, but I believe that you are there since eternity past. You are my God. I believe in you. And if this is the cry of your heart today, I would like to invite you to stand and telling yourself, Lord, I would like to commit myself to you. I would like to say, you are my father and I am your child. If this is the prayer of your heart, stand from where you are so that I can pray for you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, this is a reality that we experience while we are in the world. Sometimes even ourselves would hurl words and call people not according to their name, but call others based on their mistakes, call others based on what they have done. We tell a person, that guy, that guy is a bad guy. That person is a sinner. That person is a drunkard. That person is a liar. We call people according to what they have done. Forgive us. Forgive us, dear Lord. And if we have experience also, because sometimes we are the ones experiencing it, so degrading. It is pulling us down. But today, you have reminded us that we are not just a person living in this world without a sense of purpose, and without a sense of belongingness. We belong to you. We belong to the Most High King. By the time we put our faith in Jesus, you call us your own. You call us your people. You call us your children. And we could not imagine any other relationship that we could ever have in this world that can be more intimate than that. To call you our Abba Father, and to hear you calling us your children. Thank you. We put our faith in you. We embrace you. We welcome in you into our hearts not only what you have done on the cross, but we welcome you as our God in our lives. You are not only our Savior, but you are our Lord. You are our Master. You are our Abba Father. Thank you. And today, those who are standing, you can see their hearts. You can see what's going on in their minds as they are resurrendering their lives, as they are committing their lives or recommitting themselves to you. Lord, I pray for your empowerment upon them. After this service, they will be going out into the world. They will be engaging into the different relationships that they had, relationship with their office mates, relationship with their friends, relationship with their business transaction, co-businessmen. There are a lot of relationships that we have in this world, but let it be, let it be that our relationship with you 
be the one to dictate us about who we are and how we should behave. For we are no ordinary, not because we are great by ourselves, we are no ordinary because we are children of the living God. And we honor you for this opportunity that you have given to us. We thank you, Lord God, for calling us your own. And we say this with so much gratitude in our hearts. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in your name we pray. And everybody will say to God, Amen and Amen. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise. You just heard the message from Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us on your social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaek Ministries. God bless!